Five, the show all about internships and how to excel and do well. Reminder listeners, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook live chat. Coming up in this in this episode of Intern Pursuit Live, um, and end of the semester looking for internships, sign up with Intern Pursuit or contact Isabella at isabella at internpursuit.tech. Our guest, Mark Alward, Aylward? Aylward. Aylward. Sign up. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, career mentor and coach and author of Seven Pillars will be sharing his own entrepreneurial exto- uh, story and deep knowledge helping individuals with career development goals to find their job of their dreams. So you can, how can you find us? We Intern Pursuit is on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you can also find our Intern Pursuit game on Facebook and Twitter. You can listen to us live on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College Radio and follow Intern Whisperer. And you can watch us live on Facebook and interact with us. You can chat with us and you can call us also on 407-582-2906 and ask us questions. One time that happened. We've had that happen twice. Not with you guys, but before. Go ahead, Mel. Coming up is our first patron. <coughs> Pixel Crawler is a suite of tools that audits, monitors, and historically tracks the pixels implemented on your website. There are strong dependencies built on the consistency and accuracy of the data collected by tracking pixels, and Pixel Crawler will help ensure all data is being collected as intended. Their website is pixelcrawler.com. Thank you, Pixel Crawler, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. So, Intern Pursuit News. Students, if you want to work with one of our great employers or with Intern Pursuit, go to our website, internpursuit.tech, and sign up to be matched. You can apply right away. And we're inviting employers of all types and sizes to be a part of our Early Adopter Beta Program. Early Adopter employers are accepted to participate. Contact me, Isabella, at internpursuit.tech or info at internpursuit.tech for more information. And our spotlight tonight is on Mark Aylward. He had to teach us how to say his name. (laughs) So welcome. We're really excited that you're here, Mark. Thank you, Isabella. Very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. So Mel usually kicks us off. Yes. So our first question for you is, you have 30 years of experience in recruiting. Why did you choose the recruiting industry as your career path? Well, um, I'll try and keep that brief, but I appreciate the question, Melanie. It's... um, long time ago, I was trying to seek out what it was that I wanted to do. And from a personal circumstance standpoint, I kind of had to step up and, and get a career going. I had odd jobs here and there. And as you guys probably know, being young, figuring out what it was that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bumped into a friend of my mom's who was doing this kind of work with petrochemical engineers in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know what a recruiter was. And he described this job where somebody on the outside of a company would find a critically skilled employee for the client and get paid a handsome fee. And then the client, the the person would go to work for the client. And when he described how that worked, the mediation and negotiation, the serving of other people and helping of other people, I thought that sounds really interesting. And so I answered an ad in the newspaper. That's how long that was ago. (laughs) And uh, went on an interview the following Monday and got hired on the spot. So there's a lot more to it than that, but that's how it started. And it was a good choice. I've enjoyed it. So that's pretty interesting. Who are your thought leaders and, in, and influencers that shaped your thinking when you were in school? 
You know, when I was looking at that question before the show, I thought there weren't too many in school. You know, mm -hmm. my dad has always been a major influence on me. There were some teachers that I remember. A professor Hauk was a. Uh, he taught me a class in uh, in the law school, but I didn't go to law. And he was a a, a fairly elderly man, very very wise, well read. And we engaged in class one-on-one. -on -one. It was one of the very few classes I engaged one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. A couple of them, we just talked the whole class. We got along very well. And then we had an RA named Brother Pete. He was a priest, and his responsibility was to oversee what we were doing and make sure we weren't doing bad things and mm -hmm. just having fun and studying. Mm -hmm. And he was very influential. But uh, in terms of business, I was really kind of immature when I was in college. I, I hadn't given that any foresight or any any thought whatsoever. I reacted to that when it, I was a senior and had to, had to look for work, which is part of where my empathy comes for a lot of young people aren't really ready for looking for work. Right. You know, I was one of them. So I know that I did not ask this question first. It's the where did you go to school? Because you mentioned Catholic, and I think that would have been a better question to ask first so our listeners would have known. So it's my actually my third question. You graduated from? Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those Ivy League schools, right? No, it's not an Ivy League school. I actually grew up in Boston, though, and that's where all the Ivy League schools are in New England. But um, it's it's uh, up there with the Ivy Leagues in terms of its academic reputation. Really? I'm surprised because I, when I hear of Notre Dame, I think of it as an Ivy League school. So that's kind of surprising to me, honestly, because it is so highly respected, I guess. And that's probably also. why. Yeah. yeah, that's probably why. I think Ivy League is has a... Uh, notates a particular location. Mm -hmm. I think it's a New England thing, but you could throw, not to sound you know presumptuous, but Stanford and Duke and Notre yeah, Dame and exactly. Vanderbilt and Wake. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of them. But John Hopkins, up, upper echelon. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing some I of them. I call them top tier schools. So yeah, they yeah. fall in there, right? If they're not in New England, I don't think they call them Ivy League. Oh, that's <laughs> too bad. Yeah. So anyway, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish. They have this, and I took it out of my notes, but. Uh, we were talking earlier, and their mascot is a leprechaun, and I know it seems off-topic, but I went, what the heck, a leprechaun? That just doesn't even make sense to me because we have lions, and I, I, I can't really say because Rollins College, where I graduated, mm -hmm. has a tar, and nobody knows what a tar is. What a tar is, is. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing about the leprechaun, I don't know the history of it. Uh, that happened a long time ago before I was born, but when you go to the school and you go to a football game or any of the athletic endeavors, this little guy comes out in a costume, and he's crazy acrobatic, and he's oh. out of his mind. And the competition to become that guy really? is stiff. Yeah, it's there's fierce. lots of applicants, and it's very, um, it's much more highly regarded on campus than you would think. You no know? way. It's less clownish than you would think. It, they take it pretty seriously. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like part of the cheerleading team. I'm gonna guess. I'm not sure if they're part of the team. They interact with the team. They work very closely on the field with the team, and they jump around a lot. But I don't know That's if they're true. on the cheerleading squad. So how has Notre Dame changed from when you went to school there to where it is now? Because a lot of our listeners are also students, mm -hmm. and they would be interested in this information. So we always want to make sure we you know, pull in the student audience. Yeah, well, I guess in uh, in no particular order, I went there in 1979 and graduated in 1983, and I think they didn't allow women in until the mid-70s. Wow, that's 75. amazing. Okay, all-male school. So uh, that's changed significantly, and the women that did get in were a heck of a lot smarter than I was. Mm. And uh, subsequently, my nephew applied to Notre Dame and the Naval Academy, and the Naval Academy took him 
and he graduated with honors and he didn't get into Notre Dame. So they would never let me in today. So it's changed a lot in that regard. Mm. Uh, the campus has expanded. It's absolutely beautiful. It was beautiful when I was there, but the endowment and the amount of money that gets poured back in from the football program and the basketball right. program and all the other programs, they've got new business schools. They're just ex they've got an innovation and entrepreneur center now. And uh, I haven't been back in a few years, but um, I take a peek from the outside looking in, and the place just keeps blowing up. South mm. Bend is Notre Dame. It's in Boston? No, South Bend, Indiana. Indiana, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that either. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's interesting. Um, we're going to have a segment next week on transportation. This is not in the questions. I'm going off script here. Kay. So how do people commute around there? Because I've been to really big cities, mm -hmm. and I'm just curious as to what their bus system is like. Do they have a metro, anything like that? Because here in central Florida, it's abysmal. Mm -hmm. But in Boston, and I, I don't say it the way that you did. So. Well, you know, so Boston has what they call the T, the MBTA. It's the yeah. public transportation system. It's fabulous. It's safe. It's clean. Right. And you can get everywhere. Every five minutes. That's how like you get to Boston it. University, Boston College, and a litany of Harvard, other schools. Harvard, Harvard, MIT. Yeah, the Red Line, MIT, all that stuff. Yeah. Notre Dame didn't have a system when I was there, but I don't know if the expansion has dictated that they needed one. We walked everywhere. We mm. biked everywhere. Uh, I know UCF, most of the students, at least they used to live off campus. Yeah. And m I think all of the students at Notre Dame, they don't live on campus, but the housing off campus is in very close proximity. It's, it's a tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. The off-campus kids are acting as if they're on campus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very few people had cars. Really? Okay. Hard <laughs> to imagine all you're doing now. is dating me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's like, well, now people are using bikes, and they're also, I know that John has told me that they're riding longboards, you mm -hmm. know, skateboards, yep. Yep. but, you know, mm -hmm. they um, innovate to figure out how they're going to get around on the campus. I had a bike when I was on campus, and my first two years were University of Florida. You know, it's a surprisingly small school. I remember uh, when I went there, there were 6,800 undergraduate students, and I think there's 50 or 60,000. 6,800? 6,800. And now there's 68,000? No, I, was, I moved to UCF on the 50,000. or so. I think there's probably still 10,000 in that area of oh, students. It's, small, yeah. it's a lot smaller than people think. Do they have online education there, do you know? I don't know. I suspect they probably do. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know. Yep. All right. Well, I digress, but nonetheless, that was good information. And we're going to be sharing the Notre Dame uh, logo out there in our social feed. So Thank you. we do want to pull in some of those students into intern pursuit. So it's our hope that we get to have some of those stellar people, too. Go ahead, Mel. Yeah. So who are some great thought leaders in human resources or entrepreneurship that you recommend we follow? Um, you know, I don't really, a lot of people um, make the assumption that I'm in human resources, and I certainly dealt with a lot of human resources people at my clients, uh, but I wouldn't say that I was in human resources. Now, do I do a lot of things that have to do with human resources? Absolutely, but that's a separate kind of entity. Now, in terms of entrepreneurship, um, quite a few. When I first started talking or thinking about doing something online, Tim Ferriss was one of the first people I started reading. He wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't know if you've ever heard of that book, but he's subsequently gone on to write uh, New York Times best-selling novels. He's a gazillionaire. He travels all over the world speaking and does a lot of TED Talks. And for anybody that is interested in entrepreneur pursuit, um, it's F-E-R-R-I-S-S, -S, and Tim is his first name. 
Um, you know, the other there are, there are tons of other people that do online things, but he's kind of where I started, and the other people that I've connected with seem to have spread their wings with him. As he got bigger, he created more and more people that were attached to him or apprenticed with him, and, and they've gone off to do other things. But uh, he would be a great place to start for anybody. It's rich, dense, and deep, his content. You could almost stay there and learn everything you needed to know. Yeah, I've heard of him, and yeah. I know that is a good book, too, yep. for sure. Four-hour work week, right? Four yes. hour, the four-hour four work hour week. week. He has yeah. the four-hour body, the four-hour chef, and Tools of Titans, where he interviews the top 150 successful business people in the world, and they tell them stories about how they became successful. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent book. Very good. Um, have you ever been an intern? Uh, if so, what was it like, and what is your experience working with interns? I don't think I've ever been an intern, but in, when you ask me that question, I go way back to Boston, and I think I may have been for a bank that was run by a friend of my family's at that time. And I just remember it, there was no process there. I didn't get a lot of direction. I kind of was just hanging out, and people would say, can you do this, can you do that? And uh, I think one of the reasons that Isabella's got quite a good business idea here is the experience I've had as an intern and the experiences I've had hiring interns, which is significant. Mm -hmm. um, there was no rhyme or reason. There was no process. There was no direction. There was no mentorship to say. It was just, well, are you interested in, if I give you knowledge and wisdom, will you do stuff for me? <laughs> you know, And I think that's probably what you hear a lot. Yeah, uh, it yeah, is. It yeah. is. And as a matter of fact, I was at um, UCF Incubator this morning. Um, the one that's over on Colonial, and the gentleman there that runs that um, organization over there, you know, he, I was explaining to him about intern pursuit, and he said, okay, is this a real internship, or is this, you know, like they just come in and they're just doing stuff? I said, no, it's a real internship. It's got, you know, a design around it. There's mentoring. There's actual skills that the students are learning that tie to their degree. He goes, okay, well, I can get behind that. Well, it's clear these three young people here are, are interns, and they're, they clearly know what they're doing, and they've mm -hmm. got some process and some direction, and there's, there's a rhyme and a reason to what they're mm -hmm. doing. And uh, my daughter has a company that she started a little while ago, and she's been trying to secure a couple interns to help her. And the lack of formal job description, the lack of... Yeah, let you know, me have your daughter as a client. That yeah, would be well, we can talk about that off air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so next question. Oh, I thought we were still continuing, but you stopped <laughs> we, talking. We certainly can. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Um, so you've trained, hired, and mentored four multimillionaires. This was a question Melanie had. I thought it was very interesting. What's a common trait that these successful business owners tend to have? No, that's a great question, and and uh, I'm glad you picked up on that. You found that on the website somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um and that's that I know of, you know, so the, yeah. that's the people that I know that I've either kept in touch with or have um, been made aware of through other people I've kept in touch with. So you hire controllers and operations people, but mostly recruiters and salespeople. So these are people that um, sell. Uh, and so most of them I hired without very much, if any, experience as recruiters and salespeople, mm -hmm. which is my preference. I, I like to hire young people with no experience, but a lot of intelligence and work ethic and potential mm. no bad habits yeah. you know, no deprogramming <laughs> no entitlement no predisposition 
it's just the model that works for me. They all worked really hard. They all worked harder than everyone else. I never had to ask them to come in early or stay late. That's just what they wanted to do mm -hmm. because they were paid commission, so they were rewarded for their for their results, which mm -hmm. came from their efforts. Um, they all took a lot of my time because I, t I said, you know, if you pay attention to me and you listen to me and you do what I tell you to do, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to be successful. And that clicks with some people, and it doesn't click with other people. Mm -hmm. So I think of all of them, and every single one of them, and they all worked for me at different times. Some of them overlapped. At 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock when the day was over, they'd be standing at my door saying, you got a minute? And an hour later, we're at, I'm answering questions that they had taken notes on, copious notes, all day long. Very simple, right? Yeah. Engage, you know, ask me stuff. I'll tell you stuff, execute, run into new challenges, make progress, come in during the day, bring me out there and help coach you through some things. They were active. You know, it's like if you're in class, if you're a student, and I'm a hypocrite with, th with this because I was not an active student. I didn't ask a lot of questions. But when you have a mentor and you engage that mentor and you ask questions and you involve yourself and you're passionate and emotional about it, you're going to get that same thing back from your mentor. And if you're just like sitting there and you're not taking notes or you're not paying attention or you sometimes you execute and sometimes you don't, you're going to get that same treatment back. So they all had that in common. They all had, they had integrity. They were all pretty bright. And um, they didn't leave me, with one exception, um, until I was ready to either sell the company or make a significant change that had a shift on what they were responsible for or their personal family situation changed and they moved or somebody got a job or what have you. So multimillionaires there. Yeah. They got big, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, kind of have to be careful with that now. It's less of a less of a, an emphatic figure than it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. It's still a nice thing, but yeah, one of them tens of millions and uh, but you know, you accumulate that wealth over time. Yes. Buying property and, you know, building collateral and stuff like that. But I, I know of four of them that had their own companies and uh, we stay in touch. It's fun. Yeah, that yeah. does sound amazing. Yeah. So the common trait, what did you what did you guys take um, as the takeaway from that? Like say, listen, right? Take yeah. notes. Right. Engage. Yeah. <laughs> engage, 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 engage. <laughs> I mean, and that's what you guys do. That's why yeah. I'm so I'm telling you, I won the lotto. I'm yeah, saying no, it's it again great. on the air. <laughs> well, you can feel it walking in the room, you can just tell, you know. Yeah. So that brings us to our second patron. Artistry.io is a product customization tool for e-commerce stores that increase revenue, customer trust, and business efficiency. Artistry's robust product customizer allows business owners to sell personalized products in an, exi an ex existing e-commerce store and automate the processing of custom orders. Their website is artistry.io. Thank you, artistry.io, for being a patron of the Anton Whisperer Live. So our next question is about your company. Um, why did you start Seven Pillars Global, and where did the name Seven Pillars come from? So with the first part of that question, um, I'll go back to helping my own children. My children now are 22, 25, and 30. So within the last five, seven years, they graduated and began looking into the workforce. And of course, because of what I do, they came and said, Dad, can you help? And 
walking them through the process of getting jobs and interviewing and negotiating salaries and all the things that go into that, they looked at me and said, no one else is teaching us this. You don't get this in school. Nobody in high school said this to us. Nobody in college said this to us. So you should probably put, put, figure out how to put this in a bottle and get it to a lot of other people. And then they transitioned and came to me and said, I want to start my own company. And so I took them through that process of incorporation and all of the things that go into starting a small business. And I got the same feedback. And then I started getting phone calls from them saying, you know, Claire wants to talk to you. And can you talk to John? And, you know, Lex wants to talk to you. And I'm like, I can do that. And I'd love to do it. Their friends were like hearing about their circumstances and coming to me for advice. And when I helped them, the results were immediate and they were dramatic, and they were so appreciative of the information that I thought, well, this just much must be more practical than what they're getting in school, which is probably theoretical. Yeah. And so I, I started to think, well, where am I going to get all this stuff? Well, it's in my head. It's my heart. 30 years of practice, right? That's a big challenge, getting it all down. So that's how the transition started from recruiting place a person, collect a fee, hire a person, build a person out for services to coaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was running my companies, the most fun I had was training. The most fun I had was watching people develop. So the coaching thing fit right into my kind of heart and soul of what I enjoyed. And the notion that I could do it without having an office and a bunch of employees was kind of attractive as well because <laughs> that's a lot of work and a lot of liability and a lot of mm -hmm. responsibility, as you know. Yes. The seven pillars thing came from when I had a partner when uh, about two years ago when we started beating the idea up of doing this, I had a partner and he brought a, a, a fitness and a spirituality component to the organization. Now, I'm kind of a fitness nut and I'm spiritual. I go to church, so it was consistent with my values. But we thought, can you really help someone professionally without helping them spiritually, emotionally, and physically? All of those things support professional productivity. I mean, if you're fit, you're more productive, energetic, and focused, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So because those were passions, and my partner was in that position, we started looking at things that had a more spiritual bent and also a foundational bent. Pillars is a very foundational thing. And if you look up the number seven, it's everywhere in our language. It's in every religion. It's in the Bible. It's all over the place, you know, seven days of the week, you know, seventh heaven, mm -hmm. You know, I can't even name them, but I made a list. I wish I brought it with me. There's about 30 of them. That number is everywhere. So we combined the two. It made sense in the time. And since we parted ways and he went off to do something else and I took this up upon itself, I just thought, I like the name. I can do a lot with that name. I'm not going to discard it. And it was hooked into domains and all this other stuff and links. And so we just kept it. I'm fond of it, but it makes uh, it makes everybody ask why, where to come from. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So what is the mission of, the, of your company? You know, it, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure out who my customers are because everyone is a customer of mine. Right. That sounds like a really good problem to have, <laughs> but it's not. So I've talked to a lot of people and f tried to figure this out. I'm sure you wrestle with this. Every small business yeah. owner does. You know, it's like, who's my ideal customer? And I'm, I'm kind of focused now on maybe a worldview mm -hmm. as defining my customer. I mean, world, you could take a worldview of anything. You, you Christian, conservative, liberal, progressive. I mean, people who don't want to tolerate mediocrity anymore or right. are tired of not you know, doing something they, they love that gets them out of bed with a smile. So I'm wrestling with that. The mission is to help as many people as I can mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. move from a position that you're in when you don't know what you want to do or you're not doing what you love to do, which is shame, fear, anxiety, confusion. I don't know what to do. And when you take someone from that position and you give them hope with information and direction Mm -hmm. and they act on it and you get an immediate feedback, like a stand-up comedian, you get laughter, right? You get, thank you so much. I didn't know any of that stuff. And now... I know what to do. I'm going to go do it, and I'm confident that it's probably going to work. That's very satisfying for me. So the mission is to help as many people as I can that are in career transition. But the rest of it I'm still trying to figure out. Mm, That's really good stuff there. So you mentioned the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. Do you have specific, um, I don't know, chapters or sections dedicated to that? So that's – I know it – when I read that, I was I was looking at it as a holistic approach, which is what you really touched on too. Mm-hmm. But have you dedicated specific sections in your curriculum for that? No. I, when I started out, that was the vision, and when we parted ways, very amicably, um, I thought that just adds to the confusion of too much, mm-hmm. too much information for too many people. Mm-hmm. So I put those other three. Um, funnels or sections or categories or divisions or whatever you want to call them to the side not that I'm going to dismiss them because I bring them into almost every conversation that I have with any candidate Mm -hmm. because they want to talk about them Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not focusing on that when I get that audience definition down Mm -hmm. and start to um, really serve that audience then I can think of moving into those other areas But but I have a feeling I'm going to get sucked into those areas versus you know the impetus of moving into those areas well i could actually see um you developing those as uh, part of those seven pillars honestly Mm -hmm. um because i can see how that just as you said you need to be able to have you know take care of the body the body is the temple and then make sure that you're feeding it well so you have optimum brain capacity and able to think clearly i was reading an article that was earlier today about the value of sleep Mm-hmm. And making sure that it, if we are sleep deprived, it impacts our skin, it impacts our ability to think clearly, our mm-hmm. physical health, all of these things. So I really feel like you could certainly take it in this one direction, but then continue to add your building blocks on top of it. So it's more value to your clients and it keeps them very loyal to you. Yeah, I think that's a great way to envision perhaps having a customer for life. Yes. You know, and so that's a great thought, and it's certainly a thought that I've had, but I, I kind of feel like I have to push that or keep that aside for the time being. It, it keeps kind of talking to creep. me. Yeah. The little idea creep. It's, it's there. But I, I, I get what you're saying, and I'm surrounded by my friends, my family, a lot of fitness, a lot of nutrition, a lot of sports, a lot of spirituality, mindfulness, yoga, breathing. So it's like... It's it, it it's an echo chamber of that mm-hmm. for me, which is nice, right? Mm-hmm. But I have to. Most businesses fail in my mind for two reasons. One is they don't really ever get the who's my customer thing down, mm-hmm. or they don't really ever build a process around sales. Like mm-hmm. sales doesn't just happen. There's a process. You have to do this, 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 and you have to do it over and over and over and over yes. again. Most people try and wing it, and most people think that if they have a good idea or a good product. It'll sell itself. Nothing sells itself. You know that. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. We wish. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's a concerted effort. It's built around a relationship. It's built around um, a continuous um, 
investment in that mm -hmm. relationship. So mm -hmm. that's what, to me, what marketing is. It's a relationship with the consumer that you're trying to reach. You're right. And a process, a dedicated process. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Yes. And speaking of your company, I was going to ask you, what were the early struggles that you faced when establishing it? Um, it's tough to distinguish between the early struggles and the struggles. It's kind of a constant struggle. You know, I yeah. think the nice thing about this particular organization is because I've done it before. So the first company I, I built was with a mentor. I was talking about that earlier. So he funded it and directed me and I did all the work in exchange for the compressed experience and the wisdom that I got, which I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, the second one, I started on my own with a partner. So I, that was, I funded that. That was entirely my liability and responsibility and stuff. And you make mistakes along the way because you can't avoid new stuff. You do something right. new, you're going to bump into new stuff, right? So initial struggles are, that's kind of fearful, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. How do I figure that out? You just do, right? Yeah. And so you have to learn pretty early how to get over the fear. And then the second thing is you have to learn that I'm going to fail a lot more than I'm going to succeed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get punched. I'm going to get hurt. You know, and this is like, you're a failure. Well, you know what? People who fail risk and people who don't fail don't risk. So it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset, you know, that's and a constant you struggle. You have to reframe what failure means, right? You have to you see do. it. It's a positive. It's an opportunity and an opportunity to achieve something that's better. Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff, are they're cliches, but they're cliches for a reason, right? You know, I, I, I tell my kids, and they're in business, and they come to me with their frustrations. It's like, Dad, does this ever stop? I'm like, no. Mm -mm. It actually gets worse mm -hmm. the, 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 the bigger you get. Mm -hmm. There's always new stuff. You know, you always have to take risks. Mm -hmm. But um, the notion of the only way that you can fail is to just stop trying. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly trying, if you never give up, then you really can't fail. Failure is just giving up. The rest of it's just like, in, you know, investments in new stuff and experiments, you know. Yeah, right. But it is a mindset. You're yeah, right. It totally is. And I've had to reframe that in my own head because I'm a, I can honestly say I am a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I want things done in a certain order. I like and super controlling. But I've also learned how to um, realize to use those powers for good mm -hmm. and that it doesn't have to be my way, that it can also be three other ways the thousand other ways and it also doesn't have to be perfect because nothing will stay perfect it will continue to change yep. with every breath so perfection is something that i was chasing and it was relentless and all consuming until i finally realized okay it doesn't have to be you can't catch it yeah it's no, too fast can't. no i well, before i came on the show i was over at the incubator recording um an idea that popped into my head a couple of days ago, which is things that I wish I knew when I was 21. Oh, my goodness. Career yeah. things. Right. And yeah. I started listing them, and I, I, I thought I was going to end up with 10 or so, and I ended up with 22. Oh. And uh, I just knocked them all out. I'm going to go back and edit them and maybe reframe them. And, and you, you know. should change the title. 22 things I learned by 22. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say 22 things I wish I knew when I was 21 and then cross out the 22 and replace it with a 21. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I haven't figured that part out yet. But it's all what we're talking about, mm -hmm. you know. It's not the destination, it's the journey. The only yeah. way to fail is to stop trying. It's all juicy stuff I wish someone had taught me. Now, with all due respect to my father and mother, they taught me some of this stuff. Some of it I just didn't listen to. Exactly. But most of it just wasn't in the, fr the context that it needed to be, the circumstances. I wasn't ready for it, right. you know. 
And with coaches and mentors and teachers, you know, 10 coaches or 10 teachers can say the same thing effectively a different way and only one of them resonates with you. Mm -hmm. And then you go, oh, that's what the other nine were saying, you know? Yes, yeah. So. Because they're all saying it. But it's, I think, I'm not sure if it's like a place of maturity or you finally have had it hit you enough times in the face, you're going, okay, wait, what? You have to be ready for it. Yeah. You have to be ready for it. And it has to be said in such a way that it resonates with you. And that's, that's a personality thing. That's an emotion thing. Some, you know, you, you have, we all have teachers and coaches we can look back on and say, I didn't like that guy. She was awesome. Like, why? Well, maybe it was just a personality. But it was also probably the time of your life and that you were ready for it at that particular moment. You know? Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. um, is it my turn? I think it's mine. I'll go. <laughs> uh, what should entrepreneurs celebrate in their early stages? Really small wins. You know, really small wins. I think... Um, we did. We did that this week. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of cheating for me because I just went through this with all my kids. So I've had this discussion. Like, I'm practiced with this discussion. <laughs> but they're, they're fundamental truths, right? right. You're never going to get a big win when you're starting a small company for a while. Mm -hmm. But what is a big win? Mm -hmm. You know? You go into a restaurant, you ever see the $1 bill on the wall? Mm -hmm. That's the first dollar they ever made. That's a small win. Mm -hmm. But that... That might be one of the most significant things in the mind of that particular owner who opened that restaurant or whatever thinking, man, I hope this works because I put my whole life into this. Mm -hmm. you know. So small is relative, but I think if, if you expect big wins early, you're going to get disappointed. And if you celebrate the small wins, in your own mind, they kind of become big wins. It's relative. you know. So I would say that's for me is a big one yeah and I had something that happened a few weeks ago and you'll probably agree with this also I had somebody that had contacted uh, me on my website my my pivot website and they they were telling me everything that was wrong with my site but they were very vague and I went you know what I've got my first hater that's awesome that means I've it's hit true. a milestone someplace it's true. So I, was that was good. I was thinking about that the other day because I well, it's a long story, but anyway, I adopted some advice that my middle daughter shared with me via an email, and I wrote a very humorous and sarcastic thing. And I'm I'm very sarcastic. I'm from Boston. Go go with what you will there, but um, and I put it out there on LinkedIn, and I thought that's either going to piss somebody off, pardon my French, or it's going to make a bunch of people laugh. And I hit send, and I'm like, when the first person complains, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. You you noticed me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I went. Ooh, I just hit something. So that was awesome. Well, that's that's the the frame of mind, right? It's yeah. how you frame it. It's how you consume it. It's how you view it. It's yeah. all you know. You know what I think your radio. Sh this is a total digression again. But I th I don't know if anybody watches Last Man Standing with Tim uh, Allen. Last Man Standing. Tim, I love Tim Allen. That's yeah, the one that got kicked off time. one network and Fox picked it back up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so Tim Allen in the show, he has a vlog, and he's a marketing guy. And mm -hmm. to me, you'd be, like, perfect for that. And he puts out there his spiritual beliefs, his political beliefs, and then he goes, oh, and this is why you need to buy a, 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 a rifle, or this is why yep. you need to buy the canoe or whatever. Yeah. And your personality lends itself very easily to that. So you should watch Tim Allen on Last Man Standing for his vlog because I think you would be perfect for that. Well, thank you. I'll yeah. take that's a that's quite a compliment. I like Tim Allen. Yeah, he's, he's a very funny guy. Good. He is really good. Um, okay, so 
Um, we saw that you had many different terms describing ways someone can start a business with little to no experience. How has that helped with the individuals that you have advised? And I like this question a lot because I go, if I have zero budget, how am I going to do something on zero budget? And to me, it reminded me of that. Well, if you think of what it is that I portend to do, which is advise people in career transition, that's, a, that's knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's wisdom. That's experience. That's, it's all in my head. So in order for me to put it down, I need a place to write it or record the audio or record the video, all of which are free platforms right now. Mm -hmm. You just have to learn how to use them. Mm -hmm. And at 57, none of those existed when I was your age, you know. And so I, I got the benefit of having young children help me with that. But it was mostly investigative, you know. It was just like dig in and learn. Mm -hmm. And so... If you, can, if you can craft a service offering, advice of some kind, like the person who lost 10 pounds can advise the person who hasn't been able to lose any, mm -hmm. right? You don't have to wait to be ripped and cut and in the gym. You don't have to wait, you know? Mm -hmm. You have something, whether it's baking something or making something or moving. So you, everyone has a skill. Everyone has a gift. And if it's also their joy, then figure out how you can share that with other people and other people that are driven toward that with either fear or pain or pleasure or, or any of those things that marketing people try and get us with. The emotions. Right? The emotions. Yeah. Then, then it's messaging, which is just creativity and work. And then you just figure out where to put these things. Your Instagram is free. Your Facebook is free. Your YouTube is free. So it's just like the, you can do it with no money if, if you can give it a lot of time. Mm -hmm. That's the trade-off. If you have money, you need less time. If you have no money, you need more time. Mm -hmm. And I think when I advise people, when I teach people, when I talk to my children or their friends, it's like, give yourself permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't say you can't do that or don't say I don't know how to do that. Just give yourself permission to do it and then go figure it out, you know? Yeah, I so. agree. Good stuff here. Okay, so um, we found a workbook, right? Yes. yes. John, well, you want to talk about that one? And then, Mel, you can do the last one. So I, I saw that you posted uh, your Find Your Truth Purpose workbook. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? And well, I'm digging the fact that you guys did some digging. <laughs> 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 so that workbook came from the evolution of me trying to figure out what is my platform? How do I deliver this knowledge, this experience to the right people? And what I found when I started coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, so a significant hourly wage, uh, for an hour of my time mm -hmm. and how long would that take to get somebody shifted from fearful and lost to hopeful and confident based on preparation and knowledge mm -hmm. and everybody was dragging me back to this why are you doing that why are you doing what you do right. well it's just always what I've done or that's what my dad wanted me to do you know my dad was a lawyer so he thought I should be a lawyer or my mom suggested I do this or my uncle was had a business and I just was brought in to run the, there was no forethought to well, what do I like to do right and so I thought what if I could help people find out what their purpose was and as corny as that might sound their passion their joy what what would you really what would you do if you had no need for money and you had all the time in the world and so I going through that emotional and mental process in my head I just started dropping it down and it turns out that it's a series of about seven questions and then there's answers and then there's exercises that flow from that so it, I give it away for free because I want people 
I like that it's perhaps the first time that people see what I am and how I think. It's representative of that. But it also, by default, became, no, I want everyone doing this before they do anything else. Why would we go find you a job before we found out what you wanted to do in that job? And it's amazing how many people don't even think of that before they start putting their resume together or their LinkedIn profile or reading about, you know, what this, looking on Indeed.com. I mean, that's not how you find a job. Right. The way people go about looking for work right now is backwards. And it's always been backwards, you know. But it, we get these counselors and guidance counselors and parents and teachers and coaches, and they all mean well. I'm not faulting them. But there's so many other ways to go about this. There's so many other things to do. And if you start with what brings you joy isn't everything else now something you can look forward to more and be more enthusiastic about mm -hmm. yeah. that just made sense to me so it's 10 pages it's free and i don't care who you are go get it and try it out it takes about an hour do some breathing get some quiet around you and you'll laugh you'll cry and you'll go wow that was pretty cool mm -hmm. So we're going to share that with our listeners, just so they know. And it'll also be going out on our podcast channels, too. So we're really going to share, share that link a lot. And just before we finish off, can you tell our listeners um, your website? So it's seven, the number seven, and then pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S, followed by the word global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com. And uh, that root domain is a good place to start. The other starting point for me is uh, if you go to that page, you're, you're, it's thrust upon you. It's a free 30-minute call with me, and it's hooked up to Calendly, which is an application where I can make available time on my calendar. And I basically, you get on my calendar, you call my phone, and we talk for 30 minutes. And where are you? Where do you want to go? You know what's what's in your way? What are the challenges? And where where have you been? And, and why are we talking? Why, what's what's driving this conversation? Mm -hmm. And typically in fifteen minutes, I can tell immediately I can help this person, or perhaps I can't. I've yet to run into someone that I thought I couldn't help. Uh, and then I can usually say to people something like, "If you want to go deeper and broader, then this is my hourly wage, and I don't think it's ever taken me more than three to five hours to get somebody like launched into a whole new world." Um, or you can just drink through a garden hose every link that's on that site <laughs> and download everything and then come back and say, that was awesome, I don't need you, or now I need you, but I need you in a very specific fashion. And that might be, if you don't have money, do that. Right. Pick one, right? If you have money, I can get you there instead of in a month or two, I can get you there in a week or a couple of days. And that's, I think that's true of any coach or advisor. Yeah. You pay me lots of money, I'll get you there faster with less frustration. And if you don't, I'm going to give you the ability to do that, but it's going to require grit and work and time on your part. So they both work. You know, they both work. Yeah, you're right. It depends upon what those, those two variables are. Do you have time or do you have money? And how do you want to use the other remaining part of that variable? It's best to have both. Time and money is good. Yeah. <laughs> At time, money will come and go, but time you don't get back. So. Yeah, that's another cliche, right? The money's not the prize. You think it's the prize, but it's not the prize. No, you know? no. It don't is, chase the money. It is always going to be the, um, <laughs> the, the time because I can never get that back. Okay, so um, are we going to do a transition? Or? Thank you.
So I want to tell Valencia College, thank you again for letting us be on this campus. We love you, Q. Q is our station manager. Yes, that's the letter Q. And um, it's a great atmosphere, and we just really, really like being in here. It's a really nice space. So that was a lot you. of fun. Thank now, you. we always do a shout-out at the end of the show, so we're going to go to you last, but we'll be demonstrating here. So, Mel, you're up first. Who's your shout-out for? Um, I guess I'll give a shout-out to my dad. We recently did a family trip. We haven't done that in a while, so, yeah, thank you to him for organizing that. Where'd you go? Um, I always mess up the name of the town. I, I said it to you um, Bradington? Bra no, you did perfect. Oh, okay. Bradington, yes. perfect. So yes. you were in Florida. Yes, still staying in Florida. Yeah, but it was nice. We were near the beach. It was good. Very nice. John? Um, as always, I would like to shout out my parents, my family, um, you guys for being here, our guests for being here. Um, and that's it. Corey? I want to send a shout out to our guests. Yeah, great talks, and uh, Robert McCaffrey and Valencia and Isabella and the whole team. So my shout-out goes to the people in the room. I love being with these people. They are awesome. They make this so nice. To the software team, to the game team, to the marketing team, to everybody that's on Pivot. So I love you people. Thank you. I just want to give a special shout-out to you, Mark. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm Thank you. really, really um, appreciative that Denny introduced us. And I am going to be sending you documents so you can <laughs> count on that because we will continue that conversation yeah. that we did initially start. Cool. So you're up. What your shout out Who is I just really like to thank the Academy and everybody in the audience no I I, uh, I would like to thank my children um, I could I could expand that into the whole family but and I can't just thank one of them so Mark Hannah and Caroline Very and nice. thank all of you obviously <laughs> this was awesome thanks a lot of fun so you can contact us here at info at internpursuit.tech and um, you can call us at 321-422-2166 find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Listen to us live on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College and follow Intern Whisper and then watch us again live on Facebook. But you got to like our Facebook page, people. You got to mm -hmm. like it. And then you'll get notifications and follow. Uh, you'll see when we're coming up live. And as we end this show, we want to thank you, our listeners. So sign us out, guys. <laughs>